Hello and welcome to the Popolet Naked podcast. My name is Tamsin Clark and I am naked, as I hope you are, or will be soon. Bombs and titties and boons and clits, nipples and fannies and pews. I can see a bomb hole, see a bomb hole, see a bomb hole too. This celebration of naked nonsense is coming to you especially naked, all the way from the exotic shores of Bristol. Each episode, I invite a special guest to get naked with me on my narrowboat. And this week, my guest is the exquisite and delightful Isadora Vibes, a poet and a performance artist here in Bristol. She's a good mate and not averse to a bit of nakedness in her work. So I thought she would be the perfect person to invite round for a little naked get-together. Here's how it went down. Why should you go naked? Yes, let's go naked. That's why I'm here. <laughs> let's get naked. Just, uh... Amazing. <laughs> Yay. Let's do it. Pulling off my trousers. Taking off furry coat because it is cold outside. I know. Naked podcast in naked November. Naked podcast in November. Oh, look at you, you look amazing. Um, I'm all blinged up, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm take my jewellery off as well. No, I think keep the jewellery on. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to take my pants <laughs> off until you take yours off. Until we both take. <laughs> I haven't been naked with anyone like this. Before. <laughs> okay, pants are off. Right, pants we are off. naked. We are naked. <laughs> It's so nice and warm in here. <laughs> so Come and take a seat, thank you. please. <laughs> oh my Ooh, god! It is warm. Yes, thank you. Ooh. So there's some water. If you want some water, would you like a little whiskey? Yes, please. I'll Let's have a wee bit of whiskey. So how does it feel? It feels normal. Does it? As in, I like being naked. I don't get the chance to do it. What's the deal? What do you? What do you? How do you feel about like being naked? And and um, well, when I'm at home, I feel like it's a bit rebellious. Yeah, kids don't like. Well, my daughter loves being naked, so she does naked cartwheels oh, really? every opportunity. But my son hates it. He doesn't like being naked at all. So really, between us, so yeah. if he's around. We're like he's a bit like Mary Whitehouse, and always has been. Really, so, yeah. So he doesn't like it. He's not much of a naked person. No, I'm a bit of a flasher as well. I just when I'm at home, <laughs> you're like both partners. I just like flash them. Oh, thank you, a goblet. Yeah, out of a out of a goblet. Oh, I feel like cheers, like a like a <laughs> some, kind of some old medieval yes. sort of nymph. Um, but yeah, so do you? Are you naked at home then? Mm. I like being naked at home when I get the chance. As mm. I say, but I'm usually aware there's other people around. Yeah. Partner likes being naked too, so who does? We, Edson likes being Edson, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we can wander around, but I mean, I'm I think I prefer being more naked. Yeah, as in wandering around the house doing. Yeah, things. well, it's funny that because I grew up and it was like we we had quite a naked. I mean, I suppose it was kind of naked. Like Dad would always be like totally fine being naked. Mum mm. was slightly more. And Tanya, my sister, was also slightly more like um, mm. shy about it. But I've always really enjoyed it. But then I find it's quite it's quite funny because I don't know anybody else who really likes doing it. But I, I think always... you enjoy being naked more than I do, actually. I do you when think? I first met you, yeah, you've got this naked energy about you. Yeah. Um, but I spot other people who like it. 
I could probably do it more if I lived in a warmer country. Yeah. Well, that's the thing at festivals I love. But I think there's a big difference between being naked and being topless. Because right now we're like fully naked, like Panani's are out. And like, (laughs) that's unusual for me, even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we have so much um, that's taken away from us, I think. Particularly, I mean, I'd love to be topless on a hot day. Yeah. There's no reason not to be. No. But I think full nakedness is a... There's no reason why not for that either. I mean, there's no... I think you're safer when you're naked, to be honest, than you are when you're fully clothed. Do you reckon? Yeah. I think yeah. If, you're out, if you're out in a club or something, if you're actually naked, I don't think anyone will come near you. No, that's they might, true. They they might be, but then do you think you would... It, it could, like... It, it would bring, like, un, unwanted attention? I think people probably laugh. Yeah. Because they wouldn't... I think people get nervous about it. They wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. But I think it's very empowering. And watching... Um, like the Peaches gig last night, there was quite a lot of nudity in there. Yeah. And I was debating whether that was a good thing or not. And I think it's just a case of we don't get to do it very often. So if you put it in a show like that, which is really empowering, it must be really get a real buzz off. Yeah. And do you reckon for her, do you think she, I mean, it's part of her act, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's coming from a punk perspective. Yeah. In, you know, I'm still here. She did a song about I'm still here, look at me. You know, I haven't disappeared. And I think. Particularly when you get older. Yeah. If you're past a certain age and nobody wants to see you naked. Yeah, right. Or they think they don't want to see you naked. And yeah. You my, my grandma was always naked. Really? When I went to stay with her, yeah. She was she was that, was that a kind of British granny? Yeah, she's a British granny. But she, well, I used to stay with her a lot and we'd share a room. And we'd get in a group dressed together and she quite often. And she'd tell me about things that change in your body. Oh, did she? Yeah, she oh, told me. Amazing. She showed me her scars and things, because so she, she had a hysterectomy and a gallbladder thing. Oh, wow. She didn't really like her scars, but she would... Um... See, I like, I like scars. I love scars. Have you got any good scars? I've got one here from a... Oh. On the Nani. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> from years ago, from a... Um, what's it called? Oh. Um, it was a small operation. That's a, a good hernia. scar. Oh, from a hernia. Yeah, but Ooh. it's a proper old school scar. Yeah. Because you can see where the stitches were here. Yeah, right, right, right. But I don't actually have any stretch marks or you can't yeah. tell. You can only tell a little bit from, but you can't tell if I have any children. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. My mum didn't have stretch marks either. My mum doesn't have any. It's well, quite you, amazing. If you have kids, you probably won't either. Yeah. Not that it matters at all, because I think, well, actually, you can't see. No, but I think that there is something... My friend's just had a baby, and in her last week of um, pregnancy, she she had a big baby, and Mm. in her last week she got stretch marks. And it was just like, ah, no, you know. But Mm. actually, I think they're quite beautiful, because they Mm. just show that you've been through that whole process, and that must be... There's a lot of shaming of women, full stop, but particularly after children. Yeah. Those marks, and I think we all feel... I mean, do you... Do you like your body? I really, I do really like it. I, I, I find it hard to have my nani out. Like I, or well, panani. I'm mean, going to have to call it something on this yeah. show, basically. But I'm going to call it panani because I believe in that word. Mm. But I think it's. I've always been. I'm. You know, I get topless at festivals and I put like my nipple tassels on mm. and I feel extremely empowered when I do that and I love it. Mm. But I don't often get completely like fully naked. No. Um, and I just wondered, it kind of feels, it feels nice. It feels nice being here with you, like yeah. now, naked mm. and it not being a problem. Mm. And being able to look at each other, I think, as well. That's always for me, you know. You feel like you shouldn't look. But see, your skin is dark, much darker yeah. than mine. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I do. Obviously, like it's 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 hard as a woman because sometimes you feel like you want to love it, but you don't. Your mm. body, but then you've got to you've got to love it because it's the only thing you, mm. you you do. You know what I mean? The only way you can really be with your body. I think I've been on a real journey with my body. Oh yeah, because tell us about it. <laughs> I have yeah. to let me let me before you go on your journey. I just want to introduce you properly. Oh yes. So, and and as Isadora vibes really yes, yeah a poet yes. a poet and a performance artist here in Bristol, which mm. is where we are right now. Mm. And um, yeah, tell us a bit before you tell us about your wonderful journey. Tell us mm. a bit about um, what you do and your poetry and the kind of performance art that you make. Okay, well, if I had to define myself as one part of being of one kind of medium of art or genre it would be poetry mm. because that's how I perceive the world as, as a poet through yeah. words and through images that come and make words um so I think that's my main that's who I who I would define myself as mm-hmm. but in making words I wanted you want to share them with an audience so how do you do that so I wanted mm. to, so that's why I put it into more theatre and performance art I've discovered more about performance art over the past two three years but when I was studying I did um performance as part of like an arts administration degree which then turned into an arts management degree and we did modules and I was always fascinated by performance art in the 60s like Carolee Schliemann and those people and and then I got into Dada and Fluxus and all those kind of things so kind of coming back years later and looking again at those um, artists and also people like Samuel Beckett Mm. um, those kind of playwrights and words um I can revisit that and put mm. it in. And sometimes I make work, and I don't get a lot of time to make work, which is hugely frustrating. Yeah. And I have to put that into its into its place. But um, it is because of being a creative in a creative space. You need it's very selfish space. Yeah. In some ways, as in it has to be because you can't really work mm. and bring out the work that you want to bring out when you when you have to suddenly stop and go do something else. Yeah. So I think I've I've not exactly battled with that, I, but I do. I'll be honest, I do envy people who have more time. Yeah. And I hear about people who are going on retreats and they're going on courses and they're just yeah. in a medieval castle. For yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck it I'd love to do that. But I know that my family really grounds me because uh, if without them, I would, I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't think I'd be very, very safe, really, mm. probably. So um, not in like a run around with a knife, but I don't think I'm safe <laughs> towards myself Yeah, if I don't. If I don't have things that ground and root me, yeah. So I went because it's unusual because I don't get to do much work. But last night when we were at the party thing, this is after the after the peaches gig. gig, Five or six different people came up to me and said they'd seen me Mm. at the cube or on different occasions. Oh, amazing! I didn't know them, and they said, "Oh, it's you! I saw you in this." And and not from an ego point of view, more of like, oh, I really should do this more because yeah, it's really sure. affected people. Yeah, as when they say, oh, I've, I've remembered it, and I, when are you doing it again? And How so exciting! That was, that was exciting because the people I didn't know who they were at all. Oh, brilliant! But they knew who I was, so I just thought, you know, after my drunken, you know, when I was, I was stumbling, not stumbling, but you know, when you start to see double, which I hardly ever do. But last <laughs> night there was definitely two of a few people. Oh, great! But it's time to go home. <laughs> Uh, so I needed a partner in crime, you see. I know I should. Oh, I should yeah. have been there. But anyway, so I, so I think, yeah, I, I need to do. I need to put I either put aside more time or really go for doing it, as opposed mm. to just doing it when I can. Yeah. To literally find a proper chunk of time because p- 
it's important because people want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And your work is really, I mean, it, it's got a, it's got a very feminine charge to it, and it's mm. very feminist, and it's got a lot of sex in it, and mm. it's really liberating for mm. a lot of people to hear a woman being so powerful on stage and free with their sexuality and. And yeah, you don't sometimes like you know with your, you must find it with your performance. You don't know the effect that you're having until afterwards. Yeah, and you don't know what you look like to other people, and you don't know. Yeah, how it's coming across. But one thing that I've been to, been spoken about to me is vulnerability. Yeah, of, and it was weird because I went on a jazz course with my dad in July, and I had to sing in this jazz club situation every night, and it was terrifying because I had to learn a song and then wow. do it. And he said to me, and other people said that the thing that they that they really liked was the vulnerability. And yeah. I thought, well, I'm singing now. I'm not even doing theatre or poetry or anything. Yeah. So there must be something about the presence that you put out there that, that people really connect with. That's. I think that that's something that I'm starting to learn so much more is about vulnerability. Because I think for a really long time, and it draws in with the nakedness thing as well, is mm. this idea of always being like really strong and like oh the strong female but actually if you can't show your vulnerability or your vulnerable side it it's not it's not 3d enough you as a person Mm. are not 3d because you can't be one without the other you can't be strong without there being a vulnerable side it might be because we've been taught to show vulnerability to men in in order to be Mm. protected or to, to be made um so that they can fulfill their role yeah and being vulnerable for ourselves for ourselves yeah i think it's a different kind of vulnerability mm. for sure yeah it's interesting so tell us the journey with your body then okay well this is a this is a world exclusive ah fantastic. and i thought i would oh i feel proud i'm looking for a v um, i'm looking for a moment to say it, but it's not a most positive of stories but basically i haven't really um until very recently, been eating properly for about 20 years. Really? Yeah. And I have put on weight recently. And I, when I look back to how I was before, and it was all because it came from an abusive relationship and I hadn't realised that was ended 20 years ago. I hadn't wow. realised the effect it had had on me. Wow. So basically controlling my food intake. And it's and like with a voice in your head. So Yeah. And it's uh, it's finally kind of lifted. Yeah. But Wow. So being naked... It's, yeah, how does it feel? It feels then? great. I mean, I feel more conscious of having more flesh, which is yeah. fine. My boobs have got bigger. They were bigger before I had kids because kids suck your tits away. <laughs> Never mind. So they've kind of come back. I've gone up at the, you know, a bra size, and that's nice. And yeah. Then, but and I think I've always <laughs> battled with big bottoms. I thought I don't want a big bum. <laughs> oh my god! Everybody wants a big bum I, now. Yeah, because I'm a Latin American, so for me, it's like they have it implanted over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think, it's my insane. daughter keeps saying everyone's a big, big bum, mum. Just have a big bum. Make it yeah. bigger. Make it bigger. <laughs> but for me, it's psychologically because my mum had a big bum. Okay. And and, and I. I battled thinking I really don't want to. I don't want to have my mum's bum. Okay, right. Really? So, yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to have my mum's bum. But then my body is more, more like my dad's. I think. Yeah. She's more kind of pear shaped. Well, there's parts of everyone's body. So if you're, is your more like your mum or your dad? I know it sounds my weird mu- to say like yeah, your dad. No, well, like woman, but. my mum, because um, my mum was a model, so she was a bikini mm. model as well. So she had like an amazing figure, mm. um, but. Yeah, but she was always quite small and petite. But she, mm. but black, very beautiful. I mean, like not. Mm. I mean, like a model's body. Whereas mm. I'm not in that world. But 
neither would I want to be and no. and neither she never you know made us feel like we needed to be a certain mm. way or anything mm. we were always given a lot of positive feedback about mm. our bodies when we were growing up and I know that my sister battled a lot with sort of you know the image of the perfect body and mm. our, and well we all do I mean yeah, you know do. I mean it just I when I was growing up I was a lot more I was I was a tiny little thing Mm. And, you know, height-wise and, and width-wise, I was just mm. a small person. And so um, I didn't... I don't feel like I experienced that that kind of... any of those issues that much because I was already so small. My big thing was that I never had tits. Mm. I never had them. I didn't get tits until I was about... I don't know, until I was about 14, 15. And even then, they were just the little nipples coming yeah. through. <laughs> Look, you know, all of my friends had bras and I was desperate to get my a bra. My daughter's a bit like, she's, she's very, yeah, she's very going to be very tall and willowing. Yeah. She's always talking about her boobs. And... Yeah, I just wanted, massively wanted to have some boobs and mm. never, never had them. And mm. still tiny little boobs, but now I really like them because I can put my booby tassels on and I can play sport a lot and I can do what There's I There's a lot to be do. said for smaller boobs. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But, but we do. big boobs are just so fucking cool looking, aren't they? They are cool looking. But then I, my brother used to say to me, well, you don't know until you've actually seen them. He yeah. says that people strap them up and yeah. push them up and, you know, they don't know that it's all going to just fall out. And, but yeah. But that, that doesn't matter either. But I, I think there's something about the symmetry. So yours are really symmetrical. They're quite symmetrical, yeah. yeah. I have one that's ever so slightly bigger or smaller you can't really tell unless no, you see it in a photograph or something yeah so i'm quite yeah i've got quite symmetrical because some people are and i think if you're naked and you've got asymmetrical um boobs, boobs and that's going to make you self-conscious because how is, do you go yeah topless or you know i think that's the thing and and i i feel like you always get told that there's like a perfect thing mm. you know and it's got to be I mean, you've got the whole design of vagina thing as well, haven't oh, you? Yeah. And like, but I remember only a couple of years ago finding out from a friend, a boy um, who who's a friend of mine. He was talking really openly, and he mm. was like, "This whole thing of like, oh, you know, she's got a really big pussy." And I was like, "I don't understand what you mean." And suddenly, well, because in looking or, or in what it felt like inside. Well, no, as in like what it looked like, and mm. I was like, "What?" I I didn't even know that there was a big and a small and a no, kind of I didn't thing. Either. Anyway, then of course, like an idiot, I went online and I started, and I was like, shit, I don't have the perfect pussy. And not that it ever mattered to me before, but suddenly then it was a really big deal. If you start looking, then you're going to see. Yeah, all then sorts you're going to, and then like, mm. you know, that, yeah, so then of course, I just feel like, you, yeah, that's such a shame for women to think that there's a perfect body or boob or. Or Panani, or you know, cause... well, I think there's quite a lot of um, uh, you know, getting older or having children and the feel of it, yeah, because and because I I don't penetrate people, yeah, <laughs> uh, but really, um, <laughs> but you know, so I don't get the feeling, I'll never have that feeling of flesh, no, on flesh, yeah, penetration. yeah, yeah, and I um, there must be a lot of self conscious. I think we all feel self-conscious about that, thinking, is it is it tight enough? Is it... Yeah. What does it feel like? Is it is it this or is that? But we've got nothing to refer it to unless no. we speak to our partners. And I have spoken to partners and said, so, you what know, does it feel, what yeah, does it feel yeah, like? Yeah. I mean, does it feel tight and so, or not so tight? Or what is it? Or, you know, yeah, I really so... don't like answering that question. Boys talking about anything like that is mm. really, really difficult to get them on... I was genuinely interested. Yeah, so was, so am I. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it... I've, I've seen it, you know, cameras going in and it shows you the penis entering the vagina. Yeah. But I think I've thought about that side of life as well, you know, 
what it feels like because we don't pe- to, for somebody to actually penetrate your body they're putting something inside, inside of your body, of your body yeah. and i think no matter how aroused you are and how much you love it there's always a moment a, a moment of of your brain having to say okay this is okay yeah even if you're really, and, and a slight it's not i wouldn't describe it as pain no it's not pain but it is a there's a moment that passes where you just have to think yes you can do this and it's it absolutely might... I, th- I was speaking to a friend of mine a boy and he sort of said you know if boys knew what it felt like more mm. you know how much of a big deal it was to be penetrated by something mm. someone mm. they wouldn't they wouldn't be so kind of gung-ho about no. having sex with women or no. you know the roughness with it or anything like that because mm. it is a really intense moment when you take something inside your Mm. body it's Mm. it's very intimate and it's I feel like sometimes it's a shame that women including myself have let it happen so easily sometimes Mm. because you forget that it's a sacred moment or it's a you know it's a sacred kind of thing and maybe just through you know history and other and other things you've allowed it to happen without really understanding or appreciating how incredibly intimate it is to do and how scary it can be i think so yeah especially if you don't know somebody that well you don't of course if you don't know them at all yeah but i think we're, we're taught to accept and to serve there's still that message yeah so by accepting and serving yeah then that's that's partly our role so yeah we don't question it in the same way that we might do if things were different mm. Yeah, I think there's, um, I've just started doing a woman's herb course with the Rhizome Clinic here in um, in Bristol. Oh, when you said Rhizome, I, I understand that's the, um, one of those, it's part of a plant, isn't it? Yeah, I think right. so, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm doing this herb course, and, and the first session we had last Tuesday, it was great because we were just like, the, you know, we were talking about all the different herbs and then at the end... Um, well, the, the latter half of the lesson was talking about the clitoris mm. and about how it has been named by men and like the fallopian tube, all of that part of the vagina is all named after the male doctors. That And so this was a proper feminist group and they were just renaming it the egg tube and, you know, what it was actually for. Mm. And um, and then the clitoris, which is just amazing and it's 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 got so many parts to it and it is just so special and fantastic but none of it, no, you know, we don't learn about it at school. Boys don't learn about it. You know, girls don't know about themselves like that. And it's so, it's so it's, weird. Some people have never and, seen their vagina. I know. They've never, a really high percentage, I can't remember the percentage, but it's a lot of women. Yeah. have never seen their vagina, never look at it in a mirror. Yeah, and don't touch it. Don't and touch don't, it. It's just, don't I know find where, Some people don't even know where, you know, urine comes out. Yeah. As opposed to anything else. and. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Like, yeah, I couldn't... I always get a little bit, like, emotional when I think about friends or women who, mm. who feel like that about their vagina because it's such a powerhouse of your... of your it's amazing. ...of your body. Mm. And yet, yeah, you get to get to moments or get to people who have never experienced anything down there at all. And they call it different things as well, like down there and, and you know, all of these... Yeah, somebody was saying um, that they call, when they were having sex, they called it beasting. Oh, God. What a horrible, horrible way to describe it. Yeah. Oh, I was beasting. I was beasting. like some werewolf coming through the window. 
and had sex with you. I mean, Good. in a fantasy world, that wouldn't be too, uh, you know, there well, are films nice. about it. But. There are films about it. Don't Google them. <laughs> yeah, so those are awful terms. Yeah. What's your least favourite? For sex? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't... Um, I, I guess I don't, I feel like I don't really have a problem with any word, any of them as long as you claim it sort of thing. Um, what I don't like is fanny. I don't like the word fanny for vagina. Mm. I really don't like that. I don't what, know why. Don't I know. don't know why. It's just, I get like, ew. I don't like gash. Gash is horrible. Gash is oh horrible. Oh my God, it's horrible. Gash and porking. <laughs> right? Porking, yeah, that's a horrible one. It's I don't a think. horrible one. Yeah, I like... Yeah, I mean, I use poke quite a lot, but poke. only as a jo- as a jokey yeah, thing. A jokey but it poke. is actually a horrible, a horrible a way to, to to describe it. Oh yeah, were you poking? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think as long as you claim the word um, mm. and then feel safe with that, then um, we inherit words as well, don't we, from like our mothers. Mm. So mine was always called Tilly. She used to call it a Tilly. Oh, really? Yeah. And now there's lots of people called Tilly. Yeah. Because loads of kids <laughs> called Matilda or Tilly, and I just think, ooh, Tilly. How could <laughs> you? That's <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I guess Fanny is a Fanny Tilly. Fanny's a bit... And my auntie in Venezuela is called Fanny. Is she? And my auntie, who's Spanish in in England, she's called Cuca. And Cuca is the Venezuelan for fa- for Panani. So I've just got a family Cuca full of... Fanny. <laughs> oh. Full of Fannies. Full oh. of Nannies. But, um... I think Panani's good. Pum Pum. Pum Pum. Yeah, I like Pum Pum as well. I Pum Pum quite a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Panani, Nani, Poon... And then a boy can be peen. So at least they're similar, a peen and a poon. Is that from Venezuela? No, I mean, poon. that's... I, I, I mean, poon is, is from Puntang and from Panani and that whole oh. West Indian. Mm. Um, but I, peen just... It's just penis, isn't it? But just shortened. But at least they're the same, because I think the problem is everyone, nobody wants to say the word vagina. No, it's But, like, penis is fine. Everyone's like, yeah, penis, and Vagina whatever. is only part of it anyway. You're exactly. You're supposed to say vulva, aren't you? You're supposed to say vulva, which is what we were learning at this herb course as well. They, they gave us, like, disposable duck clamps so really? we can check out our cervixes. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was amazing. So I was like, yeah, I'll be having one, please. And I've already met my cervix. And uh, well, Is it like, a, how do you do that, then? So you just, it's the same as, like, when you go for like a smear. A and they, yeah, it's a speculum. Oh. And so it just opens it up, and then at the end you've got the cervix, and so, and that's mm. the crazy thing is that when when you say like oh pushing a a baby is like you know a melon out of the size of a lemon, it's mm. actually a pinprick. I mean, I know it dilates when you're pregnant and you're giving birth, but this is it's tiny, actually it? tiny, like it's like a pinprick. Oh god! Mm. So that yeah. explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hurts so much. Must just be stretching and stretching and stretching. Was it really? Is it like massively painful? No, it's a it's a weird kind of pain. Is it an okay pain? Yeah, yeah. You have to work with it. Yeah, and I'm not normally um, hippie or earthy about things like that. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that even the, the medical ind- they've medicalized it far too much. Yeah, There's nothing right, they can right. do. People will still people can still die in childbirth. Yeah, because it's such an inexact. You don't know what's going to happen. Just got to hope that your body does yeah. what it's supposed to do. So, um, but I mean, it's the closest way to describe it is a really bad period pain. Really, yeah. 
Yeah, with this this really weird contracting feeling. Yeah. Um, but then it stops and starts. So every time it squeezes in your body, if you if you tense up, then it's going to hurt more. So that's right. Why you so have you to just, just have to let it go. Relax. I think I could do that. I think I could. I think I could be like that. Yeah. I'm not sure about like the pain element, but the letting go and just like sometimes when you're when you take a drug like acid or something, and you mm. and it and then like the kind of sometimes like really dark negative things can start coming through and then you've just got to be like just let it go or ride with it or when you're like on a I mean I'm just putting these no 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 it's true because <laughs> true, if you start to focus on the things it's like my waters broke with my son in the bedroom at my mum's house and then wow. I started to panic yeah and once I panicked the pain got worse and then it yeah. got worse and in the end I am um, interestingly talking about drugs it was like tripping because the payments had got so bad that I, um, my brain had kind of shut down because it couldn't, it couldn't experience it, it anymore. Really? So it kind of people asked me. I remember right, the the journey. I remember, but I don't remember much after that. Don't remember. Yeah. I'd had conversations with people that I couldn't remember the next day. Oh really? Like I'd been in a room. I don't remember all those kind of things. But actually, when I first started pushing with to have him, all the pain just stopped. Really? It became euphoric. It was. It made me laugh. I was laughing. Really, it's a really weird. That's the, your brain does really weird things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't have any um, drugs at all. No gas or air. Nothing really? with either of them. So wow. I, I, I can say that I've experienced, you know, a full birth, mm. full vaginal birth without anything, and that's not like a back slappy thing. It's more like it's just the luck <laughs> of the draw. It's so lucky. Yeah, because some people have awful, you know, really, really traumatic traumatic times mm. and i think it does affect how you bond definitely yeah how you feel yeah 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 but i think you know all you can do is just trust your body to do the right thing it's so insane it's so it's my all of my crew are all starting to pop here and there mm. babies all over the place and it's like yeah i feel very far away for me like i mean i would it would be a nice thing if it happened one day but I think the thirty-two is an age where things start. Yeah, can start even when you least expect it. Mm. That's what happened to me. What, I mean, like getting broody and things. Well, yeah, or subconsciously, yeah. I didn't expect to have a baby, but I just met somebody. We weren't even seeing each other that much. Oh, really? And they were the father. Yeah. So there was something going on. Yeah. And my body was saying, "I think it's time." Now. I think it's time. Really? That's yeah. amazing. Do you remember that that um, kind I, of feeling? Yeah, I remember feeling. I thought I was and. As I say, we weren't seeing each other um, regularly, and I thought I was. And then I went to the cinema, and I can remember my period started, and I was quite upset about it. And I thought that's so stupid. You don't even know this person that well. Really? You certainly don't want to have a, like a long term relationship with them. So why why are you disappointed that you're not pregnant? Wow. My brother said to me afterwards. He said he, he thought that um, that's what that deep down that's what I wanted, and I was going to make it happen. One way yeah. But fate takes. But you hand. don't. You, you don't remember it being a no. conscious thing at all. And I do struggle with it because I think sometimes you hear lots of people have. It appears that they have the perfect. They caught. You know. They they go out together and then they go travelling for a while and mm. then they get married and then they have a baby and part of me is of, if I'm honest, is that it either it upsets me a bit to think why didn't I that happened to me mm. and the other point it makes me a bit angry as in well. So what, you know, yeah. that doesn't make you any better yeah. than anybody else. Absolutely. And it's in a way, it's that, that whole thing about image, like this ideal, this perfection, isn't it? It's like mm. the perfect body, the perfect relationship, the perfect life. And it's 
not real. Like, it's not possible to have perfection. And people, you know, they plan their pregnancies and their... But, I mean, I've actually been pregnant three times. I have two children. But all the three times, even though the people involved, you know, the first person was awful about it. Really? Yeah, I mean, really awful about it. The second person still was a bit shocked and not like... You know, in the movies, just like, oh, I'm so happy, I'm so happy to... And yeah. even the third time, it wasn't like that either, even with somebody that I really love. So it's just like, what the... F- it does, I just... I have... It, I do go back to that in my darkest moments yeah. and just think, you wonder why women... Well, men wonder why women are so angry or upset or... You yeah. Know, it's just like, look at... Even in, in my um, singular life, as, never mind the millions and millions and millions of people, that we don't get that and we are... You know, it's a really big deal to be pregnant. The last thing you want to hear... Yeah. Is somebody hesitate. I mean, what, to be honest, I'd rather somebody said, fuck off, it's not mine, than yeah. hesitant about it when you're in a relationship. I think that's worse in some ways. Because As in the guy being well. like, oh... Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Or, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, fuck. Well, I'm in this now. Mm. You're not sure. How do you think, yeah. how do you think I feel? Because <laughs> yeah. especially when you've done it a couple of times, your body just goes into... into um, maternal instinct, yeah. even though you don't... You might not be what you choose or... You can't help it. Your body just instantly goes into... Not so much the first time, you don't really notice, but yeah. subsequently, it's so you're so ch- attuned to the signs and symptoms that, you know, it's just... Everything can just change. I like mean, nature. Yeah, nature just goes. Just kicks in. Hormones go and mm. um, things that you used to... You know, so the, you have a horrible, I had a horrible taste in my mouth. I mean, a really horrible taste in my mouth for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it just, and then, if you don't continue with the pregnancy, that just goes. Yeah, it's just gone. It's just mm. you're in one state, and then you can go and you know have a have an operation or whatever you choose to do, and then mm. it's gone. And it's not. It's a state of being that is unique. Wow. And it's yeah. and it's a precious state, even if it doesn't continue. I think for whatever reason, like I'm very you know I think I'm very pro. I just think people should be able to choose. Mm. And if we look back to not very you know. Only a few years ago, and even now in lots of countries, it's still not possible. And I yeah, just think, in Venezuela, it's not. I don't think. Yeah. There's loads of countries really like that mm. don't allow it. It's insane. But I also know people that have had serially had you know terminations, really? like three or four. Wow. In their life, as in you know, it's just like, well, once you know, and I shouldn't. I'm not judging either, but I just think you you do have to address your contraception yeah absolutely if you're going to do that because it's not it's going through that it's really traumatic for your body to uh, yeah to not to continue yeah no definitely Something. and i think you have to oh gosh you have to be careful with your health as well i mean it's not mm. yeah it's not something that you can just you can't come back from it very easily yeah so um and also things like that stay in your head you try you don't want them to but they do mm I have friends who still, they tell you not to remember dates and things like that. It's the same with somebody loses a child or mm. they tell you not to remember. But I, I just think there's something, it's really hard not to. Yeah, of course. Not to have it in your, but you have to push it away. Otherwise, you just it just sends you mad, I think. Or just, you know. You just dwell on it. Just dwell on it too mm. much. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we're covering a lot of ground. We're really covering ground. Do you feel like it's more, it's easier to like talk about it naked? Uh, like, do you feel like it's allowed you to feel more? Yeah, I think like, because open? I think because we're we're naked and we're focusing. We're not focusing, but our bodies are part of the conversation. Yeah, I guess the conversation comes out 
connected to the body. Yeah. Whereas if we were... If we know, were having a coffee with our clothes we'd, on we'd in a cafe. Talk, yeah, we'd be talking about art or something. Yeah. Or, you know, but... Yeah, it lends itself to um, an intimacy. Yeah. You might, and you'll probably find that as you interview more people. Well, thanks so much for being my first... My, my pilot episode for I'm, the Naked Podcast. I'm thrilled and honoured as always to be in your company. Oh, babe, thank Listen. you so much. And I'm, I hope that it's been as... You can take something away from it as well because oh, I yes. definitely um, feel... Yeah. And I feel like our relationship as well is now like yes. amazing. Even yes. more amazing than it was yeah. before. You're very special to me. And I, I, I'm very blessed in Bristol. I've got some really, really amazing female friends. Yeah. And they kind of come into your life every now and again. Well, thanks, thank darling. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. We're having a boob naked boob. physical skin on skin contact. Woo! Yay! <laughs> right, well let's get claws on then. Yes. <laughs> can't, yeah, we can't keep them off. Can't no, keep them off. I know. We, we, it would be so nice if we could. And it's so warm in here. It's gorgeous. And there you have it. Yay! The first Naked Podcast. A humongous thank you to Isadora for joining me in the flesh. It was absolutely wonderful, beautiful and very tender. I really wish we could have recorded all of our body language throughout the interview. But perhaps that's for a different show. (laughs) See you next time on the Popolet Naked Podcast.